Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Who dat, who dat, who dat, and good welcome, everybody. Tuesday evening, New Orleans Saints news, New Orleans Saints fun, hanging out with the greatest nation in all of sports. It's, it's who dat nation, and there's actually news. There's actually stuff going on, not just the Super Bowl, which I realize we're not in, but still, but, 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 but. still plenty of Saints news. We got Jameis Winston to talk about. He's never getting out of in the news cycle, y'all. Y'all just need to accept it. Just learn to accept it. He's in the nude cycle for the, like the rest of your life. You're just going to have to live with it. But it be how it be. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, other than that, yeah, we'll, we'll go over what all y'all thought. I'm going to give some shout-outs to those who were here early on because we appreciate you. Charles Combo Jr., James Griffon, Still Bill, Kimo Slice, Randall, Kevin McKnight, the Antonio Slade-Smith, I know I saw a couple of the guys and gals in the Discord earlier, like TJ007, et cetera, especially with some of this Pels talk, which I'll go ahead and get this out the way. Zion, since I basically said I was tired of Zion again for like the fourth year in a row or third year in a row, has been doing freaking fantastic. Now, he's currently questionable to play tomorrow due to an injury, but I just want to say Zion has really picked it up, Ford Vision, even playing some pretty decent defense over the past, you know, 10 games. So I just want to acknowledge that. That way I can have an opinion, but I can also admit when the man's starting to look good. So let's hopefully that that sticks around. But speaking of what might not stick around, Jameis Winston. And for those that missed Jameis Winston, we recently did an interview here this past week or here this week. And one of the questions that was asked is, you know, kind of like, you know, a direction of where you end up going afterwards, right? And he talked about being born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Who doesn't love Birmingham? Just what an amazing city. And talked about how that was, you know, just a few hours from Atlanta and talked about possibly moving and going and joining Atlanta. But, you know, his big thing was wherever he goes, he's going to be a part of the city. Like that's what he wants to become. He wants to be ingrained in the culture, ingrained in the local, just minutia of all of how they do things that makes them unique. So, I'm very curious to what ends up happening there. I, I would hate for him to leave, but I'll be honest, I understand it because Jameis Winston, and this is a hot take that I know, I'm not going to call it a hot take, but I know it's a take that many people will disagree with. I think Jameis Winston still has the ability to fight for a starting job. What do I mean when I say that? I mean, same thing like how it was with Teddy Bridgewater when Teddy left. Teddy was a previous starter that got an opportunity to start again. Now, he never really took it to another level, which is fine. Shout out to Teddy for retiring this year. Dude 
amazing player, and players don't have anything negative to say about him. But I think Jameis still gets shots at being a starter outside of New Orleans. Now, that would very much be a bridge situation. But Atlanta certainly is one of those teams that that could happen. I mean, again, I really like Jameis, but like any Saints fan, I really struggle when that player that I like moves to another team. But I, I think I always will like Jameis. I will simply never root for the Falcons, even if he's on there. I mean, there are players that the Falcons have had that I've really liked, like Jesse Bates. I still hope they lose, but I hope Bates is like an all-pro. But, yeah, I, I think that's... um. Hmm. I'll let Chet kind of handle it from there. I would hate to see Jameis Winston go to Atlanta, but I do want Jameis Winston to have an opportunity to prove that he can play. And Atlanta's a good enough city as that. Jameis star in the NFL? I mean, yeah, I don't really think that's off. But again, it comes down to like the level of quality of starter, right? Because at the end of the day, there's what, 10 NFL quarterbacks that you know the average fan would be like, yeah, they're good and that they would want on their team, and then it's a whole bunch of basically nothing burgers, and everybody agrees that these need to be replaced. I mean, you could be a starter and just be a low-end starter. I think that every time he's been healthy with the Saints, Jameis showed starter capability and starter numbers. He just hasn't had health, and you know, that is what it is. But Roman versus Cody, uh, Cody or Rock versus Roman? A 100% Cody I refuse to believe the WWE is this obtuse and this dumb. They have to be playing this rock angle intentionally with such an obvious heel. There's no way they're this stupid and really aren't going to give it to Cody or the opportunity to Cody. But anyway, that's here nor there, Charles. Wrong podcast. This is real sports. Hey, Calvin, how you doing? Good to see you. Real sports. But yeah, I mean... Winston moving, we'll see what happens. I do think that even if he isn't a starter, I think he deserves a shot to see if he can be that. I really do. I think he deserves a shot to see if he can be that. But how you doing, Savingo? Next up on that is Demario Davis, Pro Bowl defensive MVP. Well, still, I mean, it's a used car, but, I mean, it's running well, or else I wouldn't have got it, but. You know, thankfully, a high-value name depreciates pretty quickly. So, you know, my 2019 didn't cost much at all. But, yeah, it it sits in the garage a lot. So. The Ghibli, Stu. The Ghibli. Y'all got really random questions tonight. I'm over here talking about DeMario Davis Pro Bowl MVP and podcast is like, nah, let's talk cars. No. Let's talk WWE. No, let's talk Clint Kubiak, which we did last episode. <laughs> it's all good, though. I love it. Um, but Demario Davis getting the MVP, I know it doesn't really mean anything. Like, I don't think anybody even tracks that. It's kind of like, well, I will say Pro Football Reference, it tracks the Nickelodeon MVP thing that they do every year for Nickelodeon. But I'm pretty sure they don't track that as, like, a award so, I mean, I guess it doesn't really mean anything. I still love the fact that the man has gotten four NFL top 100s. And he's gotten two Pro Bowls now, one first-team All-Pro, four second-team All-Pros. And he's been Defensive Player of the Week, I think, once. So, I mean, 
he's really racking up some of the accolades to if he can manage to do it another couple good years, especially if he can get to a thousand solo tackles and 50 sacks and, you know, add a couple of interceptions or two. But he really could have a legitimate argument for uh, starting to close on one of those Hall of Fame careers, but still a ways away. John says he had a chance to prove it versus Green Bay with a 17-point lead and several other games, too. He had the opportunity to shine. He didn't seize the opportunity. Well, I would argue that, no, he didn't seize it coming in as a backup. But when he started, he did well for New Orleans twice under two different coaches. He just didn't stay healthy. But, you know, coming in as a backup, especially when you haven't gotten the reps and you know, you haven't been the one in charge. Unless you're a very good player that's coming out and like shining and was unexpected. I don't know if that's really an expectation I have for Jameis, but yeah, Antonio, I mean, are we really saying that Jameis did bad without, I mean, we acknowledge though, right? That current OC after Pate was a problem. I mean, did, did Jameis do bad? I don't think Jameis did bad under Carmichael. It wasn't great, but statistically it wasn't terrible. Yeah, I, I, the 10 starts he has between Peyton and Carmichael, he was completed 61% of his passes, 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions with a 93 QB rating. I mean, none of that is spectacular. But is it starter quality? Again, it's keeping in mind that what what being a starter in the NFL as a quarterback is not like there's 32 good ones. There's not. Like there's a huge swing between the worst starter in the NFL and the best starter in the NFL. And the argument is, yeah, Jameis in those two years, that's where he was. It doesn't mean that I think he was top five, but yeah, I think if he's healthy, he's got enough talent to. Take a shot. And if he doesn't get the job, he doesn't get the job. Right? Send him up to Denver. Let him fight for the starting job there. I'd rather go to Denver than Atlanta. Right? And I want Demario Davis to retire a New Orleans Saint. It's wild, by the way. Just a little fun history for you, Saints fans. A little fun history for you. Demario Davis, believe it or not, has been, as of this year, because he completed this year with the Saints, he has now been with the New Orleans Saints more than any other team before. If you remember, he was with the New York Giants for five years. So that's how long. It's crazy to think that we've had Demario Davis for six years. Like, that's how long he's been in NOLA. Six years. I mean, that's wild. Granted, we also got Alva Kamara and the whole 2017 gang that's still around, has been around for quite a minute too. But, yeah, that's um, six years, man. And at least seven happening, right? I mean, it's... Hard to envision him not being the starter next year for any circumstance. So, yeah, that, that's really cool. I think that's really dope. So, in terms of where that puts him all time with the Saints, I think he's got to be right up there with the Dome Patrol of being, you know, one of the best linebackers they've ever had. Like he, He's got to be up there. He is, according to Pro Football Reference, he is sitting about, I think, 10 AV points from being in the top 10 all time as a New Orleans Saint. He's actually seven AV points away from being a New Orleans top 10 approximate value, which is taking the scores of a player's career and kind of giving that a numerical backing. Bruce says, I think we did some good zone running before. Do you think we currently have the O-line? 
uh, needed to implement it. Well, New Orleans has been running outside zone as their predominant run style for seven years now. So, yeah, I mean, I think they do. The thing with New Orleans, they just don't necessarily have great offensive line play right now. That doesn't mean they haven't been, with the exception to an extent of Penning, who just really hasn't developed yet. But all of that, yeah, I mean, I think they've got it, and they just need to have better talent, especially healthy talent. Hmm. Did you talk about the QBAC hire already over the past few days? Haven't seen anything yet here on YouTube? We did talk about it in the last podcast, and it's a big one for me. I'm very excited about it. That was obviously my number one. So, yeah, I'm I'm good with it. We can go over a little bit more in depth. We need to. Chris says, I thought we mainly did inside zone. Didn't realize we did outside zone. So the difference between an inside zone and an outside zone run, for the most part, is simply how the offensive line comes out of the stance. So, in an outside zone, you're widening it to where you're trying to create these three wide uh, rushing lanes, the bend, the bang, and the bounce. Inside zone is literally a singular step, whereas outside zone is a 45-degree turn and everybody's shifting and moving down the line. Whereas an inside zone is basically just a singular step altogether. And it's a much, much, much more condensed idea. So even though the principle of zone blocking, as in we're blocking an area, not a direct person, is still in play, it is a little bit different. Yeah, the the main thing that Alvin Kamara has done well his entire career has been as an outside zone runner. That's where they've had the most success, you know, and then combining that with things like split zone and everything. But, I mean, New Orleans has not been a man-blocking team going all the way back to, you know, like the Aaron Cromer days when he was the offensive line coach with the Saints. Basically, when Alvin Kamara got here, they really devoted to we we do outside zone primarily. So they still do a lot of other things, trap blocking, split zone, inside, uh, manpower stuff. But Alvin Kamara being their centerpiece, they cater to what he did really well. And with him being what's called a one-cut back, he fits in perfectly with that system. So in – you know, a good offensive line coach and a good running back coach will find a way to, you know, operate as a tandem so that, yeah, you you want to get offensive line that fits your style, but if your primary back needs to be the guy that's, you know, manpower, trap blocks, counters, et cetera, then that's what you run, not just try to make him into a playmaker in an outside zone. So, yeah, there you go. It's, um... I guess we could go into a video at some point, maybe, because I've done one in a while. We, we kind of break down some of the nuanced differences and maybe show some examples of each. But, yeah, New Orleans has done that for a long time. It's actually one of the reasons that they wanted guys like Anders Pete and Ramchek and wanted the guys like Teron Armstead and Cesar Ruiz, who all have good athletic scores, because they need guys who can move, get out in space. And, you know, Sean Payton would combine that with a screen game. And, obviously, was very well known to have these different elements where screen game, whether we're doing tall sweeps, jet motions, all this movement that we seem to remember them for and they stopped doing here in the past few years. Well, you, you need a lot of athletic guys. You know, the New Orleans Saints used to run a tunnel screen. And a tunnel screen is, say, you're going to take Ryan Ramchek, Cesar Reason, Eric McCoy, and you're actually going to send them out in space to the right side to block, and then you throw – to the receiver who's basically in a bubble screen spot, and then he's going to run behind that wall of big 300 pounders just came out. 
So you needed guys who were really athletic to run these style of plays that they wanted to run. And, you know, that you, you kind of design it all together. And that's what really, to me, the, the, what makes a good, like, coordinator of a group is how can he put all those little pieces together and understand how all the nuances work in the equation, which I just think is really good, as well as just being a good situational play caller. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Could Rev be a secret? Coach, keep an eye out. Huh? Could I be a secret O-line coach, keep an eye out? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I was just bewildered by the statement. Like, I appreciate you. I mean, I actually got to talk to a, a Saints coach today, which is really cool, because I didn't realize I still had that, which is, yeah, I'm humble bragging. Cool, sue me. But it's really cool, because I haven't done that in a while. And... When you talk to people who like know what they're talking about, it reminds you of how little you know. And as much as I love football, as much as I've literally gone to school and studied football, I'm nowhere near NFL level in any capacity. Coaching, certainly not playing. That's laughable. Have you all seen me? If you've only heard my voice, go to YouTube and look. At, yeah, I, no, it's not me on the field. Clearly not. Unless, you know, there's a water boy that needs, you know, replacing because he got hit on the sidelines. I can go fill in for that. That's that's about my limit. So, yeah, no, definitely not. Run a mile in other man's shoes? I, I'd rather run a mile in my shoes. You know, I don't know what the mother's shoes are. It could be in boots. That sounds uncomfortable. But John Benton to be the New Orleans Saints offensive line coach, question mark. Now, the Saints have had a lot of offensive coach turnover. Me personally, I hecking love that. Why do I love that? Because I believe that New Orleans was getting held back by the offensive coaching system. Now, that does not mean that I'm trying to say that there was only one problem and like Derek Carr didn't struggle at various points or anything. I think all those are true. But, but I do think that improving coaching would elevate some of the bad play. I don't really have the expectations that the New Orleans Saints offense is ever a top five offense, at least in our you know near future. But at the same time, bringing in somebody, and Luke Johnson was the first one to talk about this, like John Benton to be the O-line coach under Kubiak. And, you know, and really, same thing that what you saw with D'Amico Ryans bringing in Bobby Slowick and, and letting Benton bring in his guys. And if that's the system that's currently working and you believe you can build off of it, then you build off of it. Right? So I think that that's a good choice. I don't know like if I'm going to like jump up and down about it or anything, but we'll say this, his most recent job was 2021-2022 as the O-line coach and coordinator for the New York Jets and then has had obviously several years under Kyle Shanahan like a lot of these guys. So he has been in the NFL a long time, so he's a very veteran, similar to how Doug Marone is, but at the same time, you know, comes from familiar trees and would know how to make sure that what Kubiak wants in terms of the run game and the offensive line game would match. So that would be a positive instead of coming in with somebody who's already here and maybe it doesn't really mesh well. And I do hope that Jari Evans stays on because I think Jari has a, a great future and has a hall of fame background in terms of he's a hall of fame level offensive line coach or offensive lineman. And I think that he could provide value as he continues to get better as a coach. But yeah, I like the idea of John Benton being the new offensive line coach and, uh, Clint Kubiak being the OC. I'm very curious to see what now happens with guys like Ronald Curry. Is that officially going to be sticking around? You know, what's going to happen? 
So just all these little things to keep an eye out for. But I think that's a good name. And I think that as hesitant as I've been to dish out compliments to the New Orleans Saints, head coaching staff and front office, I really do like how they've handled the coaching situation so far. I personally do. Let's just, our draft should be about building both lines, O-line, D-line. I agree. And there's also that aspect of like, hey, if your quarterback's there, go for it then too, right? Charles says, oh man, I'm trying to remember which Saint you could lay to punch on. Yeah, that was that Mark Ingram discussion from years ago. It was hilarious. A rev, I was told, depending, is too unathletic to play left tackle and I fainted. I'm not crazy, but that's generally just not true. I mean, yeah, that's, anyone that says Trevor Penning is unathletic has not watched Trevor Penning. The athletic ability, like just pure athletic movement, it's not a problem for pinning. Technique is just abysmal for pinning. His hand usage, his feet and hands not even matching. You know, just how he can really only drop into a basic drop set. He doesn't perfect the jump set, the 45, you know, the vert. He doesn't have a full repertoire of how to be an offensive lineman. He doesn't have great counters to, you know, some premier pass rules and even, you know, middle of the road pass moves. And if you get under him, he struggles to anchor. He's just in terms of technique, he's just bad, right? Now, there were some flashes last year, and we showed some of those flashes on tape. There was never consistency. And when he would lose, he would just lose bad. And even Mickey Loomis came out and talked about how they put him in too early. You know, so it's not a – it's also why I've never gotten the idea of moving him to guard, simply because guard is not intrinsically easier if your technique is bad. Being a guard can be fine if you don't have the athletic ability to be an elite left tackle like Andres Pete, you can move somebody into guard. That, you know, those transitions do happen. But if a guy is athletic enough to be a high-end tackle, you want him to be a high-end tackle. You don't want him to be because if he sucks because of technique, he's not just going to magically be good because he's put into a phone booth. You know, that that doesn't help him. He's actually got to get his hand usage down. He has to get confidence in his strikes. I mean, the man doesn't even play balanced all the time. And that's why I think that they just need a good offensive line coach who actually starts finding why he's not developing and start that development process. And if John Benton can do that, that's fantastic. Am I in or out on pinning? I'm I'm in on pinning for one reason, one reason alone. Because pinning is cheap as dirt, right? You need pinning to work. Because you've invested high capital in him and you also are currently not having to pay $20 million a year to a premier left tackle. You desperately want Trevor Penning to work because he's cheap for years to come. You really want that to work somewhere, even if it's on the right side. You want that to work. So, do you think that Taysom Hill could be a Kyle Jusic type, moving him to fullback and putting more bulk on him? I think you could do that Cordell and basically operate him as an H back. But I think that you would take away some of what makes him great, which is his athleticism and speed. Because if you bulk him up to just a, being a 260, 270 fullback, I think you take away what allows him to be special. So I personally would not do that. I would rather him just be a tight end as long as he can be in and really try to build on that. If anything, you would want him to slim down as he gets older to maintain that high-end speed because once that speed goes, that, that's it. And you're not just going to stay in the NFL because you're strong. So. It could be a great value, uh, Curtis Samuel. 
Yeah, he absolutely can. And I'll tell you what, Debo Samuel is what you meant, by the way. But I'll tell you what, for as much as they paid him, absolutely. Use him however you see fit, coach. But I'll be honest, it would surprise me thoroughly if part of the offensive coordinator interviews did not have an entire section to how will you use Taysom Hill? Now, also, the question would have been, how were you going to use Alvin Kamara? How do you plan on using Olave and Rashid Shahid? Those got asked. But I promise you, a Taysom Hill question was right there as well. How are you going to use Taysom Hill? Because they complained for two years of how Taysom did not get used correctly or enough. And they would even say that in their post-game press conferences. Guys like Pete Carmichael will talk about it. So, I don't know why you said Curtis Samuel, but I knew who you meant. So, I just went ahead and appreciate you supporting the channel there, fam. Uh, you might want to see if you got like one of them COVID long memory problems. It's something hits you, but I'm praying for you, brother. I love you. Uh, does bringing Kubiak mean more Olave out of the backfield? I would say probably not. I think that they're going to try to run Chris Olave as an elite flanker and not try to turn into Debo Samuel. One, he's way too small. But two, I think that you got him going on an elite path at what he's currently doing. Let him be that. I'm not saying that you won't see him more emotion and everything. Because I do think that just by the nature of what the modern styles are doing, McVeigh and the Shanahan trees, you're going to see more motion. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. But I promise you, you're going to see a hell of a lot more window dressing from the Saints offense compared to what you saw in 2023. I can't guarantee that you're going to see a better offense, but I can tell you that you're going to see them move around more. So that's just going to be <laughs> prepare yourself. You're going to see more play action and more jet motions and more everything. So more Y leaks. It's going to see things. Probably said Curtis Samuel because Curtis played us twice a year and was used like Debo before Debo. Well, it's also that because Curtis and Samuel are both common names. So, yeah. Do we draft a wide receiver this year? Lester, the older I get, the more I am such a firm proponent in best player available, regardless of position. Take it. What is the best player for your team? Don't worry about what you need. Take what you need. Right there. That's that's where I'm at. And what do I use as proof why you should support my decision? Look how Dennis Allen has gone out to get a defensive end three times. He said, I want it. Go get it. It ain't worked. Take BPA. Good teams take BPA. Now, can you have need built into that? Sure. If you have Patrick Mahomes, probably don't take Jaden Daniels. But, you know, Maybe you take that quarterback in the third round. But, you know, realistically, do whatever you can. Do whatever you can to uh, draft as much as possible and take the best player available. And I agree with TJ. When you reach your need, bad things can happen. Do you think Teron Armstead could fix Trevor Penning's technique? Well, I'd say Teron Armstead, for those that don't know, actually does have a history of teaching offensive line because he's been an assistant, like he's helped at the offensive line mastermind, which is Duke Mannyweather's thing that we've talked about before. Teron's there basically every year, and he actually does some of the teaching with some of the younger guys. 
Do I think that Teron Armstead could be an offensive line coach in the NFL? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jari Evans is already here. I hope he stays. Do I think they could help? Absolutely. So, Bill needs a free agency. Go BPA in the draft. That's what you want to do. You know, and sometimes that doesn't work out, but that's what you want to do, right? And then you maybe convince the New Orleans Saints that maybe they don't have to stick to, like, their quote-unquote prototype. Well, how does Rev mean that? Well, because maybe Latu's not there. So you have to take Jared Verse, and he only weighs 250 pounds instead of 265, but premier edge rusher for the past couple seasons. I say, take it. But again, this is this how we're talking about. But uh, yeah, give me Latu. Mm, I would take Dallas Turner, but not as excited about Dallas Turner as I would be several other people. I love the name Chop Robinson. Like the name is just like, that's a good football player name. But. Yeah, anyway. You take Jared Verse? Yeah, I would too. But we'll see. Really curious how these guys measure out because we know that the New Orleans Saints pays attention to athletic scoring and they have their own in-house metric about it. So we know they do that. We know they do that. And where it goes from there, you know, what we see, right? But... That is just something the New Orleans Saints are going to do. And it's live or die by it, love or hate it, is how it is. Who is somebody that I would like him to take? I'll tell you a second round defensive lineman. Now, some people might not like this guy because he'll be a little bit older because he did play five years in college. But uh, Darius Robinson, I think, would be a good backup to what this New Orleans Saints play, which. New Orleans Saints loves larger defensive ends with lots of length, you know, weighing, you know, the 280, even up 290 range. That's right where Darius Robinson is out of Missouri. So if you had a defensive line pick in that second quarter, second quarter, second, you know, round, and you go, hey, you think this is what's best on your mark? That's a guy I like. But there are other people I like too. And yeah, that's one. A lot of people don't know uh, Armstead worked with uh, Beckton before he was drafted. Armstead's done a lot that, you know, really cool stuff. Armstead literally has, you know, albums and can rap. So what position would you rather target a free agency instead of the draft? Of what the Saints need now. What the Saints need now. New coach. New coach. Sorry. Alan, if you ever listen to this podcast, I'm a hater. Um, I guess for Edge, who are the top? Let's see, 2024 defensive in top Edge free agents. Because I don't even know who's our top free. I've been watching some. I've been trying to watch as much as you can. I've really been trying to get a lot of draft stuff in so I can actually have an informed opinion. And let's see who the top free agents are coming into this offseason. Uh, I know that Burns is, but we're not going to get Burns, nor are we going to get Chris Jones, nor would it make sense to get Chris Jones. Uh, Josh Allen's an interesting one, but New Orleans is not probably going to get that, and I doubt he makes it past the tag. Uh, let's see who else is available. We're not going to pick up Christian Wilkins. Uh, that's not something they would really do. Maybe you could pick up a cheap Daniil Hunter, but honestly, it's, it's not a ton. 
You know, there's no way that you're going to afford Josh Allen. I mean, you could, but that'd be the only thing you got in free agency. And I don't think that's enough to turn the tide of this team. So, yeah. So, I guess you take what you get. Let, let's see if I can pull up a list. Top 50 free agents. I'm sure somebody has an article just so we can see some names, right? Who doesn't like names? All right, so, you know, we'll just use, let's use this one. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll let us look at a pro football focus. Yep, I'll do pro football focus. That's what, exactly what I'll do. Put it on the screen. So, here are the ones that they have. So, they've got Chris Jones. Don't see Nola going after that. Kirk Cousins, no point in that. Josh Allen would be like a love-to-have, never-going-to-happen type of thing. Uh, T. Higgins, no. I mean, basically, we need to get out of the top 10 free agents. New Orleans needs to be shopping in the value bin. Not necessarily like old players, but mid-tier guys who maybe you can elevate you know, or fit your system really well. Now, that could be interesting. Trent Brown one could be interesting. That could be interesting. I know that's not defensive line, uh, defensive line, but the Trent Brown one, that could be an interesting one with New Orleans having a lot of questions right now. Uh, let's see who else we got. Still curious if they're going to trade Marshawn Lattimore, but value Ben. Uh, people take it insultingly, but I mean, if you're New Orleans, yeah, you need stars. But to me, that you should try to draft your stars, not sign your stars. And what the Saints could get more value out of is four or five quality free agents who are either going to start or be rotational players than to go out and get a single star. So I think when you go for the big contracts and you sign stars, it doesn't work out. But if you raise your stars up and even extend those stars, it's fine. But generally, signing a star doesn't really work out. So. Zeitler's an interesting one uh, coming in to talk about where the New Orleans Saints could use some help at guard. But, hey, Frankie Louvu. He's a run stuffer. He annoys me because he every time we play him, it feels like he's the best run stuffer in the NFL. But let's see. Dalton Schultz, meh. Connor Williams, meh. Jonathan Greenland, meh. Not, not huge on Greenland. Let's see. Avante David. That's, I can't believe he's still in the league. Jadavian Clowney apparently still in the league. That's good to know. Zadarius Smith is a guy that I really like, but I don't know how effective he is at this point in his career. Xavier McKinney. uh, That's an interesting one. Honestly, because I do think they need to replace Marcus May. Xavier McKinney's an interesting one. That's the type of move I wouldn't mind them making. Josh Uchi with the Patriots. That's that's a maybe too. Probably a little bit too too pure of a a rusher for Dennis Allen, but maybe. He's probably going to be expensive. It's possible. There are a lot of safeties on this list here for PFF. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some names I can see New Orleans going for. They're just going to have to be choosy. We've got Antoine Winfield. 
is a free agent this year. Let's see who else we got at safety. Lots of corners on the market. And if the market gets saturated, uh, Kyle Duggar is on there. Uh, Cameron Curl. Oh, I didn't know Curl was. Okay, anyway. But yeah, if the market starts having a lot of big names out there, it's going to be tough to get good contracts. I only got one's going to go out. Oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. Crazy some of these names that are about to be out on the open market. You know, these are some classic football names. I say classic because they're becoming classic. I mean, we're all old. We bring in Luvu, I'd cry. I'm tired of watching him plows twice a year. Yeah, same, man. Like, Luvu's not even an elite player. Like, I'm not even trying to trash Frankie Luvu. He just plays insanely good versus the Saints. That dude loves playing New Orleans. He has never made a Pro Bowl. I mean, he's never made an all-pro team, second team, first team. I'm not trashing him. But when you have him against the Saints for whatever reason with Carolina, he just whoops our tail. Noise me. I mean, shout out to him for playing well. But man just plays really well versus Nola. So, and who exactly is John Benton? John Benton has been in the league for quite some time. But he was with Shanahan for, I think, four years. Four years. And that is, it seems to be that's the tree they're, they're sticking with, right? I don't know. Here, I'll give you his full rundown of his career. So, believe it or not, if he ends up being the coach, which would be kind of neat, but believe it or not, he actually played for the New Orleans Saints back in 1987. So, there's your little fun Saints fact. I believe it was the only NFL team he ever played for. But as a coach, in terms of NFL, he was the O-line coach for the St. Louis Rams from 2003-2005 the offensive line coach for the Texans from 2006 to 2013. Then he was the O-line coach for the Dolphins, 2014-2015. He was an offensive assistant for the Jaguars. Then he was with Shanahan as the offensive line coach, 2017-2020. And he's been the O-line coach and running game coordinator for the New York Jets the past two years. So this is a pure O-line coach his whole life. That's it. That's just who he is. But he's older experience there you go that's who he is you know, remember when Luva ran through Cesar Ruiz's face we're not going to talk about it. why are you bringing up such negativity why would you do that to this show so I'm old I was small when the Saints went to the Super Bowl was in eighth grade wow yeah you were in eighth grade when the Saints went to the Super Bowl oh, oh gosh thank you for that I love this podcast. It's the greatest show ever, especially when it's filmed live in front of a studio audience. Money says we need better backups on the O-line. Hurston Garcia should be replaced. And I agree with that, Money. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. I think that you can do that in both free agency and the draft. I would draft at least one offensive lineman, and I would definitely sign at least one. So. Hmm. Y'all make me feel some type of way. Cam Fleming from Denver is a free agent, so there you go. Cam Fleming. Jameis Winston is PFF's 130th ranked free agent for this year. Captain Much says, I think I was eight or nine when we won the Super Bowl. We're 23 this year. I'll be 35 this year. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't realize that I had so many Gen Zers in my podcast. 
Like, wow. Okay. What girl? What about girl from Washington? I mean, I said it, his name earlier, uh, Mike. I'd be good with that one. You go with that one. Thought I was still thirty. I am. Yeah, I actually am still thirty-one. Yeah, absolutely. You're twenty-eight and think you're already coughing up dust. Look here, y'all need to shut up. It's always the ones with the anime profile pictures. Always them. Makes you feel better. I was a sophomore in college. That does make me feel better because you went to college. I love that for you. Great. That's great. You found the show when you were 31. It's been four years, TJ. All right. Well, memory lane episode of the Hudak Professional podcast. Great. Hope the O-line can improve to get the running game at least top eight to mid. Yeah, I would love that, Mr. O. We were actually talking about that a little bit earlier. So I'm very curious what they end up doing with the offensive line coaching and how Kubiak wants to really, you know, create the identity of this run game. Does he want to keep it with primarily zone? Does he want to switch it up? You know, what does he, th- uh, what does he see and what is he looking for? Um, I'm excited. I really am excited. Hmm. Yeah. Hope the O-line can improve. You're still my favorite ginger role model that, I don't feel any better. Thank you. Um, thank y'all, chat. Y'all are y'all are wonderful. So many people who were like in the eighth grade. What happens if one of the quarterbacks fall out of the top ten? Well, doesn't it seem to happen every year though? Like every year, quarterbacks fall, and people think you're going to fall. Because I know, I saw a mock draft today. It was literally like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, first three picks. I'm like, mm, doubt. I, I doubt. 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 But it could happen, and then they had, like, J.J. McCarthy going and, like, pick 11 or something. So they had four quarterbacks in the top 12. I'm like, the quarterbacks in this class, that good. That would be saying that there are multiple, like, blue-chip, amazing QBs. I can understand somebody wanting to build around Jane Daniels, even with his small frame. I can see that. I can't see four of these quarterbacks in the top 12. But it could definitely happen. It could definitely happen. Because that's the NFL. But, you know, here we are. Drake May sounds like a Falcon name. Wow. You you got, like, prepared hating. Already good to go. Who do you see us realistically going at with our first pick? Literally whoever the best player is for the team. I mean, that could be somebody like Jared Verse we talked about. I think he might be a little bit small for... Dennis Allen and what he prefers, but we'll see what he weighs in at the combine and everything. But I mean, there's you a, you know, edge defender with pass rush capability, which they've acknowledged they are in desperate need of, but you know, there are several offensive linemen. You can see like Olu Fashanu out of Penn state has got a lot of length and athleticism, which is something that the new Orleans saints usually just love to see. I mean, and he's young, he's only like 21 years old. I think that's one that new Orleans could be looking at. Maybe they go with a, a larger frame guy and like a Marius Mims. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of options for New Orleans. They've got a lot of, I wouldn't call them holes. Like they have a lot of needs. But a lot of what they do need if they are going BPA is going to be available. So I didn't say I wasn't a fan of Latu. Who said that? How did you even get to that? How did you get to that? Our current coach can't draft edge rushers. He certainly hasn't had success yet. We'll see if he can. You know, you've got to get a pass rush back, right? Like, you can't have 30-something sacks in a season like you just did. 
you've got to find a way to improve that. So surely you address it either in the free agent or in the draft, but you, you simply can't ignore it again. I mean, it just, it would be football suicide. You've got to get that pass rush back up. Thoughts on Chop Robinson. I've seen people are seeing mocks have us take him. This question is always answered by what round? <laughs> like what round? In the first round, he is far from my favorite edge rusher. Far from it. He's also a bit small from what you see Allen go for. He's probably in the 245-ish range. Again, we'll see what his measurements are. But I don't think that he's bad. But he's not in my like top three, four. So I wouldn't take him at 14. But if he fell into the second round, that makes a lot of sense when you're talking about that pick 45. But, yeah. With the team getting up in age, how do you think we get younger? Do you see us rebuilding? I mean, rebuilding is a you know a process that you can either do instantly or over time. And I think the big key is just drafting a lot of guys. It's, it just comes down to drafting a lot of young guys. So don't trade up. Don't end up with only five picks this year. Get more picks. You know, if you're sitting there at pick 14 and you get a call from, say, I don't know, the Miami Dolphins at pick 21 because they want an offensive tackle that's available. Trade back, pick you up an extra second. You know, that's what I would do. But New Orleans Saints have not operated like that in a while. A long time. I think we have a decent amount of good young talent. I do think we have some, but at the same time, the New Orleans Saints were the oldest roster um, in the NFL last year. I know they were the oldest defense for sure. So... Yeah, the New Orleans Saints does have good young players, but they definitely need to get some, you know, depth with guys who aren't 30 years old. Uh, not not at all trying to be a hater, just being honest. Like, they, they do need to get younger. They do need to get younger. But, yeah, if D.A. could draft edge like he drafts corners, he'd be the best defensive mind we've ever seen. Instead, he's just really heckin' good. Really heckin' good. Eating Falcon leg right now. Very nice, Randy. Very happy for you. All right, y'all. Y'all are a bunch of goofballs, and y'all have made this episode go all over the place. But I've enjoyed the heck out of it. And I hope the people who listen after the fact do. And hopefully they learn some things. But we're going to wrap up a little early tonight because we've been running a little bit long the past couple episodes. So for bandwidth reasons, we're going to wrap up. But join the Discord if you haven't already. Follow on Twitter at RevDeuceWindom. Who that? God bless. Love and appreciate every single one of you. And we will swing right on back around have another one of these shows Thursday. I love you. Who dat? God bless. Catch you on the next one. Deuces. That's me. See you then.